Welcome to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart, coming to you from very, very cold Kansas City. It is freezing cold here, and we have snow on the ground, but really excited that we have a new season, new segments, lots of fun stuff to get to. I'm joined by the wonderful Crispy and Paul and the wonderful Liz Borg-Bowman. And Crispian brought us some sweet bunny socks, so we're good and warm here, so (laughs) we're going to be all right. Pink bunny socks. (laughs) For the win. Lots of exciting things to get to, but first I want to start by letting you know that we now have Patreon rewards and some really, really cool Ladies of the Chains items on their way. So if you go to Patreon, there's different tiers of support. The $1 tier will get you a sticker. The $3 tier gets you a sticker and enters you into our monthly giveaway. The $5 tier gets you a mini and also entry into that giveaway. And I've got some of the Disc Fairy minis left. And then I've got an artist friend of mine working on another uh, unique artistic design for us. And I'm really excited about that. $8 gets you a hat and entry into the monthly giveaway, and $12 gets you a shirt and entry into the monthly giveaway. So one quick thing about Patreon, if you haven't used it before, uh, when you go and sign up, I have it set per creation rather than monthly, and that's just because I don't want you to get charged during the four months that we take a break. So I only want you to get charged when we're actually putting out content. However, please make sure to set your monthly limit. These rewards are monthly. So you can go and if you want a t-shirt, just set it to $12 and then set set your monthly limit to just once per month and you should be golden. So enough about that. We will start with the segment we always start with, What You've Been Disking, where each one of us shares something we are excited about that's disc golf related. Liz, why don't you get us started? I'm excited that I've survived a disc golf tournament yeah. <laughs> where we had every possible weather condition. I was there. It's true. <laughs> and what was really great is that at the end of the tournament, there were a whole bunch of guys who had dropped out. No, that's right. And in both the Junior 12 and Junior 10 girls, both Ava Meyer and Virginia Polkinghorn yes. played both of those rounds and totally outlasted Woo! them. Yep. And I'll tell you what, it was knowing that those girls were going to be in town, knowing that Debbie Polkinghorn, Becca Kephart, and Des Poth were going to be playing uh, in my division that got me out there. I knew it was going to (laughs) be rotten weather and challenging, but I knew that these ladies were going to still make it fun. So I'm grateful to have made it through that and live to play another day. You know, that's right. What a bar to like set for the beginning of the season. Like we had rain, we had snow on the ground, we had seven like glorious holes of sunshine, but then the hail came. One of those tournaments. Sounds like a great exemplar of Kansas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I had sums up our off season weather. <laughs> and I had one on season weather. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I had one sweet, sweet Upshot mm-hmm. on a par four with my Jennifer Allen signed Blizzard yes. Wraith. And, you know, I can hold that in my memory yeah. as, you know, I had one good throw and hooray for that. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. All right, Crispin, what you got? 
Oh, man. Well, so probably the biggest thing for me right now is um, being on the planning committee this year again for uh, Kansas City Diva Fever, Spring yeah. Fever. Um, so I have now taken on a couple of extra roles from last year because there are multiples of us trying to fulfill Amy Crow's yeah. uh <laughs> illustrious shoes so working on um doing lodging and things like that for the event and also kind of managing raffles and Mm -hmm. um donations um tracking them as they come in and um i haven't been able to play for like three months because i developed carpal tunnel syndrome in both my hands and i may need surgery and i was thinking about this segment and this uh kind of being uncomfortable thing i was thinking you know the cool thing that is keeps happening over and over again is that I um, just continue to volunteer. So yep. it's like I'm turning lemons into lemonade, Absolutely. you know, like just I volunteered at Frostbreaker, which was the tournament you guys played at right. to, you know, sell um, lunch for the divas and, you know, just kind of keep volunteering in that regard. So, yeah. and I just turned 40. So Woo-hoo! if I get to play Diva Fiva, <laughs> then I'll get to play my first master's yes. division. And so the other thing I wanted to give a shout out was that for my birthday, my husband gave me a super, super sweet, um, star Mako three. That is like the most beautiful disc you've ever seen in your life. Nice. And he gave me a, uh, DX Rhino clock. Because nice. um, I like DX Rhinos, so it's a white clock like with a silver it. stamp, a DX Rhino stamp, so it's pretty rad. Right on. So That's yeah. what I've been discing. Nice. <laughs> I thought I would share my three disc golf goals for this season, and obviously there's a lot that will go into making these goals happen. Uh, the first goal is to take the podcast weekly this year. So we'll be alternating weeks between discussion podcasts and feature interviews. So next week we'll have a full-length feature interview Um, and my other two playing goals uh, I want to have a rated round where I shoot less than 10 over par and a rated round where I finally get to 800 or above and I was really really close last season so I'm really hopeful that um, some of the work that I've been putting in and will will um, create those results and that the weather will eventually cooperate. So (laughs) it's been really, really hard to practice uh, around here, but I have confidence that the warmth will come. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, a new segment and our topic of the week. Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Veronica B. says, I love the selection they have. Discs popular with women can be hard to find, but not here. I love the t-shirts and hoodies. I live in them. Nikki N. says, I love every product I've gotten from LFDG. Customer service is fantastic and fast shipping. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. And we're back with a new segment I'm calling What Would You Throw, where we'll take a hole from a recent big tournament and talk about how we would throw it. So the hole I selected for this episode is hole two uh, from the Innova course from the Las Vegas Challenge. So the Innova course was played in rounds two and four. And hole two is really cool because the... um, the Las Vegas Challenge is played on these these three different courses, and they're 
ball golf courses and there's a ton of OB, but they're pretty open. And hole two is a little bit different. It actually has some technicality to it. It's a, it's just a really cool looking hole that I would love to play. It's 270 feet. So it's, it's one that theoretically is reachable uh, for all of us as well. If you want to watch coverage of this hole, uh, Jomez covered FPO for this tournament and You've got uh, Lisa Fakus and Madison Walker doing commentary on the videos for rounds two and four. And it's really fun to hear them talk about this hole as well. So on this one, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, so off the tee, you really want to go straight or maybe just have something that flexes just a little bit and then hyzers back. So my go-to driver right now is the Axiom Insanity as Liz can <laughs> attest to, because she saw me throw out a whole bunch last week. It was insane. <laughs> and uh, I have it in a couple different plastics and a few different weights. Um, but I've got one in the Neutron plastic. It's 157 grams. And if I was approaching this off the tee, I would put just a little bit of hyzer on it, hope it flips to flat, maybe gets just a tiny bit of flex, and then comes back towards the basket. So if I execute the shot, awesome. If I inevitably hit a tree, um, I'm going to be using my uh, Axiom Proxy for upshots. It's a slightly understable putter, and it's just my most favoritist upshot disc for anything that's under 150 feet. It's very shapeable. It's, it's just a great, great disc. And then uh, my go-to putter is a Plasma Envy. Uh, it's kind of funky to put with a premium plastic, but I've tried the Envy and other plastics and I just keep ending up with the the Plasma Envy as my main putter. It's pretty cool. So Liz, how would you throw this hole? Um, so looking at this, I wanted a my disc that I can throw straight and flat mm -hmm. that doesn't have a lot of vertical play is yeah. my Air Escape. Yeah. Um, with my Air Saint, it tends to go up and down a little bit more sure. so the air escape pretty consistently will just go straight and flat and I can throw it through some gaps um, so either the air escape or a lucid escape mm -hmm. um, depending how I'm throwing sometimes I get a little ziggy with stuff and I'm coming over and turning things over more so whatever's sure. working yeah. and with a tailwind I might throw my starlight turn but mm -hmm. they're all in the mid 150s and they all go pretty straight for me and the air escape will and and the lucid escape will come back and with the tailwind still will the starlight turn and probably as you look at the hole you can see the wild horse off to the right yeah. so I probably just kind of aim for the horse yeah and let it come and go skippy skippy and come come up and my upshot would be either a classic suspect or a g-star rhino depending mm -hmm. how far out i am and then i've been putting with a classic soft judge or my super soft judge depending depending which one really wants to be in the game they're like put me in coach <laughs> and the, so i alternate playing time and if it's really windy i put with my rhino awesome. or my suspect so you are team judge. Yes. Very team cool. judge. Just like Paige Birkis. I like it. <laughs> Crispian, what about you? I just always get really excited when I hear Liz talk about rhinos. <laughs> <laughs> I love my judge. Makes my whole day. Is it a judge <laughs> day or a rhino? Is it the blue one or the purple one? <laughs> you know, watching the video, it looked like the wind, it was almost a crosswind, but it would look like it was kind sure. of almost like a tailwind yeah. that was coming across like your left shoulder. So 
um, after I had um, hip surgery, I found the joy of the star leopard because it's yeah. sl slow. So I was thinking that or a lucid breakout. If the wind is a little bit beefier, a I have a couple of lucid breakouts that are still, they still have some beef to them, even mm -hmm. though they're, you know, kind of an understable disc or whatever. I'd try, probably try to throw that on the left-hand side with a little bit of a, you know, a flip on it and then try to keep it low. And that's what the leopard has always been. seems like I always feel like if I need to get skinny, that's a good disc for me to try and get skinny with that and the breakout both. So I was thinking probably the the 155 star leopard that I have in my bag up the middle um let it turn over a little bit come back um and then forehand approach shots have been working better for me right. at least as of the last yeah. time that I was playing um I have a little more accuracy because of some of the issues that I have with my hands um which I think you and I talked about before mm -hmm. but anyway so I would probably forehand a uh, champ rhino up there and hopefully put it in with a with a classic blend judge now we come to our topic of the week and a couple weeks, months ago, as I was thinking about this season, I was thinking about all the plans I have, and I was just reflecting on how uncomfortable I was last season just because everything was new. And that's just normal when you start something new, start something that's unfamiliar to be uncomfortable. And I got really excited because certainly there's gonna be lots of things this season that I'm still uncomfortable with, but there's so much now that I have this new level of comfort because I've experienced it already. And I have a better idea of how different situations and, and different things work. And I just think that's really cool. And what that brought to mind for me, uh, Jenny San Filippo with Ladies First Disc Golf did this great two-part blog series last year about being uncomfortable. Uh, she wrote the first blog post and then Erin Oakley wrote the second one uh, about playing in the cold. And I definitely encourage you to go to ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and, and check out the blog uh, entries because they're really, really good and they have just a lot of really good advice. But I thought it would be a good thing to talk about kind of as we, we start this season. And I want to say up front before we get too far that we're definitely not advocating to be uncomfortable just to be uncomfortable. Like there is no <laughs> shame whatsoever if you need to walk off the course, if you need to DNF, if you need to get yourself out of a situation that is very, very okay. I love to think about net positives. I'm all about it. So if there's not going to be a sweet, sweet reward because you were uncomfortable, don't do it. Like, I hate being uncomfortable. There's no reason to to just be uncomfortable for uncomfortable's sake, in my view. So I thought we'd start off from this with this quote from the Ladies First blog, and it says, fear may be limiting you from reaching your full potential or experiencing all that disc golf has to offer and obviously that's a life thing as well but there's definitely this really cool thing in disc golf where if you're willing to get a little bit uncomfortable you can again see these really sweet rewards so yeah crispian what thoughts do you have about that Oh man. Well, first of all, I want to echo what you said, you know, pay attention, like listen to your body. I work yeah. in healthcare. We tell our patients that all the time. I mean, I have injuries, you know, you have to do what your body says. And if your body says, I can't do this or I shouldn't do this, yeah, totally. you probably shouldn't do that. <sighs> yeah. I, there's a lot of skills that I haven't and didn't develop. Um, and in my early part of my playing that now are, are, you know, like four hands, for example, yeah. um, because, you know, I didn't feel comfortable with it. Um, in all reality, um, I'm not playing, I don't play at a level where it's really important whether or not I win a tournament. So yeah. why not just play, you know, um, to see what you can do. 
um, is kind of my, <laughs> my current <laughs> philosophy. So, um, you know, trying to, again, make lemons out of lemonade, like yeah. try, why don't, you know, if it's, if you don't have anything to lose, why not try that new shot? Because what, you know, what I found, for example, for me is that I can throw a really nice forehand approach, but yeah. I wouldn't have done that and didn't do that for so long because I wasn't willing to throw something that didn't feel like it always felt. And I think also just, you know, um, in general, I think p- playing um, in such a way that it's just disc golf. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, if that makes sense, yeah. you know, um, it's just disc golf. So, you know, yeah. if you mess up or you do something that's not <laughs> perfect, right? <laughs> guess what? It's not life or death. <laughs> it's just disc golf. So, yeah, that's my initial thoughts on that. I like it. What about you, Liz? Um, I agree a hundred percent with what both of you said and, um, the general idea that we play disc golf because it's fun Mm -hmm. and because we enjoy throwing discs and throwing them into the basket. And if you're so, if you get worked up about whether or not you win or lose, that really takes all the fun out of it. Mm -hmm. And so just looking for what you're going to enjoy and like last Saturday, knowing mm-hmm. there was 100% chance of rain and that it was going to be not good conditions, what I was looking forward to was getting to play with you ladies mm-hmm. and knowing that this was the first uh, tournament of the Casey Miniseries, which Scott Reek organizes. And I know last year there weren't enough women that played in all the miniseries events for him to even name a woman champion in sure. any of the divisions. So one of my goals for this year is to play in as many of the Casey miniseries events as mm-hmm. possible. And so this was the first one I couldn't not play mm-hmm. no matter how much I just wanted to stay in bed with my kitty cats. Yeah. Like Crispin said, trying new things. I also started to throw a few forehands that's still kind of in a tournament. I'll say, okay, hold my beer. <laughs> I'm going to throw a forehand because I hardly ever do it. But my friends who played with me before I started doing tournaments have reminded me, you know, when we all first started playing together, you threw a lot of forehands and you were pretty good at it. Yeah. And I think that's because that was after I broke my neck and had spinal surgery and I couldn't use, I couldn't throw backhands mm-hmm. with anything on my right side, but I could throw forehands. So mm-hmm. I should maybe recapture that. So I, especially when it comes to physical stuff, one of the things I love about disc golf is it's helped me discover that I'm capable of so much more than I think I am. And to Liz's point, you know, this tournament that we had last weekend, the conditions were so rough. And after that first round, I hadn't even played a full round in a while because the weather's been so bad. And I was so, so tired. I was so wet. I had to change everything I could. I discovered that I definitely had not brought enough towels, even though I thought I did. And I was down to one dry towel for the second round. Always bring four more than you think you need. (laughs) Definitely not comfortable. But I kind of have this rule with myself just because... My instinct when I am uncomfortable is to run away. Like, that's just my go-to. But my rule for myself is, you know, unless I'm, like, seriously ill or whatever, is to try the second round. Like, 
give myself permission. Hey, if you got to walk off the course, you got to walk off the course, but you got to at least try. And so I came back for the second round. I couldn't get warm and my feet were immediately wet. And then I started playing pretty good. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, it was worth this. And then the sun came out and then, you know, we had these like seven really good holes and I hit a couple big putts and it was so fun. And it was like, okay, this was worth being uncomfortable for because I'm having a blast. I'm with this awesome card. I'm with my friends. This is so cool. And at the end of the round, you know, after it then started hailing and sideways raining (laughs) into my face and umbrellas were failing people, it was just really bad. But you know, what a cool thing to get through that second round and be like, okay, regardless of my score, regardless of the rating, I got through this thing today that I can look back on and be like, hey, Becca, remember that time that you thought there was no way you were going to finish and you still finished. And that's not the first time that's happened to me in disc golf. And I love that because I can then use that in other areas of my life and certainly in other playing circumstances that, okay, you know, at least it's not like that one time that it was <laughs> hailing on your face while you were trying to make right. your upshot. Um, so having just that perspective is part of why I think it's it's worth being uncomfortable too. Yesterday, we went down to Emporia to play in a doubles event yeah. that was a benefit for a couple of kids with cancer. And... I know there were over 36 teams because there were two or three teams on every hole at Jones West and they raised $4,000 and it was cold. It was, I think the high was about 30 degrees and it was windy. And what I just kept saying was, it's not raining. Right. (laughs) It it didn't matter how cold we were. It wasn't raining. So, so like he said, the, yeah. the shiny mission frostbaker has set the bar for everything <laughs> and it set it really really low so all it has to do is just not rain yeah and i'm good and we finished Woo-hoo. yes and i've talked about this on on the podcast before but obviously being uncomfortable isn't always just a physical thing it can be an emotional and a mental thing as well and um that's another sweet reward that i have from disc golf because when i first started going to divas league i was super uncomfortable and it was you know everybody was really nice and welcoming but it was still again new and unfamiliar and it took a minute for me to feel you know okay about being there and then my first tournament oh lordy i was super <laughs> uncomfortable right because I had zero idea what was going on and now things are just so much better and it was so worth it like it was so worth dealing with not you know feeling totally in place but feeling kind of out of place and and getting through that time of discomfort to get to now is just really really exciting I wanted to just mention I was thinking about other ways of being uncomfortable in tournaments. And one of them is um, when you're on a card with somebody or somebodies who maybe are violating rules. um, And what do you do in that instance? Um, I won't name the event. I won't name the competitor. But I was in an event where I realized my second to last hole that a woman on my card and her uh, caddy, who was her husband, were drinking. Oh, sure throughout the round it may not seem like that big of a deal but i feel like because disc golf is a self-refereeing sport sure 
in a tournament situation, right. violating a PDGA rule feels a little off to me. And yeah. I didn't say anything, but I did bring it to the director of the tournament. And I just said, I just want you to know. Yeah. Because it made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I felt like I just needed to at least tell you whether or not you take action. I'm not asking for that. Mm -hmm. But I've also been in tournaments where I've called people on stance violations. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, I try not to be a a-hole about things right. and I try to be forgiving I think we all realize that there's especially now with the new you know the regulations that were put out last year right. um, the footing is a little bit more forgiving but you know when somebody takes a run up and they're six feet back from their disc yeah. because they don't want to hit their hand on a tree you know you have to call that yeah. and it's a very it can make for a very uncomfortable rest of your round mm -hmm. and Definitely. I think that's another thing to think about too when you think about being mm -hmm. uncomfortable and being prepared is like there's because we're a self-refereeing sport yes. and because we're trying to build this legitimacy Absolutely. that we've talked about time and again one of the ways to do that is to self-referee and to be upfront and to be honest and to say hey that's a stance violation yeah. and not get our tail feathers in a ruffle yeah. which is really hard yeah no that's <laughs> such a good point another instance i can think of that can make things uncomfortable is scores yeah um mm -hmm. like um one of the commercials that was running during the memorial was I think it was the black ink thing and James Conrad says when somebody says they can't remember if they got a six or a seven they probably got an eight right and and I think uh, Crispian you did a really good job of showing me how to handle that which is when someone says their score it's like are you sure you got that right let's, let's walk back through that and yeah. There was one tournament a couple of years ago where that happened and the, it was a really long hole and we eventually walked through and my card mate eventually realized, oh, you're right. I did do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we did that and then we're all like, okay, come on. We all have to hug because this is really yeah. uncomfortable. So then the next hole, it was my turn to have a really long, rough hole. Sure. And like she was paying attention to a point where I said, okay, that's blank throws. And then just so many things happened. There were so many trees that so many people hit. And then when we got to the end, I'd had to throw so many times I hadn't written down every shot. And mm -hmm. so then she called me out Sure. and again, we went through the whole thing, but we're like, all right, well now yeah. we've all gotten to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's all hug it out again. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. As long as you can come to an understanding that it's not malicious, it's not, right. You know, and even if I, cause I've been like, are you sure you got a six? And they're like, no, I got a five. And they're like, what? and I'm like, oh yeah, you're totally right. I mean, sure. It goes both oh, ways. Right. Of course. Um, of course. And I think that if you can inject some humor, that's another good thing to think yeah. about just in terms of like being uncomfortable for thinking about this global idea of uncomfortable. Of course, yeah. there's many definitions, but having humor. I know that, I know that I think you got six and I know you, you know, I think you got five and then you walk through and they go, oh yeah, it was that one throw. Well, I know Liz and I both said this to people before. Um, yeah. We all want to forget those short throws, like where you right. throw off the teapot and throw right. it into a tree. <laughs> right. Really, in your head, you haven't thrown that shot. So <laughs> that was not a real, go. like, okay, that wasn't my drive. Yeah. It's like, then you throw a drive, so then I think you throw that's a really, you make a yeah. putt. That's a really common time where I think people miss, yeah. miss, and so you can kind of inject some humor into go, yeah, dude, I want to forget that throw too. I totally, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's ways to kind of lighten the mood. But Speaking of humor and the Black Ink Discs commercial, which I really, really enjoyed... So I had seen it like 
three or four times and I kept thinking Katrina was saying there might be Cheetos and I was really confused <laughs> why she was talking about jungle Cheetos and then I realized she was saying Cheetos and everything made so much more sense but y'all I mentioned it in the YouTube chat that is a free band name idea for you is jungle Cheetos I think that's a pretty good band name so turning the corner here while we were talking about being uncomfortable, I thought it would be appropriate for us to talk about apparel. Apparel is one of the things that uh, some of our listeners requested that we would talk about. So we're going to kind of run through a few different conditions here and, and talk about the different apparel items that work really well. And I tell you, I was telling Liz and MK last week, like, I knew I would accumulate a lot of discs being a disc golfer. I had no idea the disc golf gear I was going to need to accumulate just to deal with all of the different conditions that we have here in Kansas. So being that the low tonight is zero degrees and we're probably almost there, why don't we start with cold and some of our best cold weather items in terms of uh, shoes, pants, and, and top suggestions. So Crispian. Um, so I am a fan of many, many, many layers. Um, and I'm a fan of adding, injecting layers that are, um, not organic fabrics, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, um, acrylics and things like that. So I'm a big fan of, um, cuddle duds. And I, 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 cuddle duds are undergarments that you can buy. I buy the really thin thin. ones. And usually, I mean, you can, you can layer them enough that you can get two or three layers on, which is really nice. So I always, almost always, you're going to find me in the winter with one or two long sleeve cuddle duds. And then, and I'm showing them my (laughs) pants underneath of my pants, cuddle duds. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, And then for cold, um, the pants I have on right now are kind of like, um, parachute pants you yeah. know like adidas i had a super sweet pair of adidas windbreaker pants that i burned standing next to a heater at last year's ice bowl <laughs> um so yeah but i have another pair of uh, adidas uh, windbreaker pants that actually that liz gave me so you know something like that over some layers is always really good and then for you know hands mittens are always better than gloves actually yep. Yep. um because they keep your fingers together they don't separate the mm-hmm. heat and so you throw a couple hand warmers and some mittens yep. and then you have your mitten and you take it off when you need it um i am a fan of always having waterproof shoes i mean unless it's just a really cold with no you know anything wet um you know then maybe you might want to think about like you know leather or whatever yep. that's going to keep your feet warmer but um i i like the adidas gore-tex mm-hmm. shoes I also like my key, my waterproof Keens, but I've been about 50-50 on them, you sure. know, as far as um, them being truly waterproof. Right, right. <laughs> Sorry, Keens, And so, you know, I'm big, big on that. So just layers, hand warmers, mittens, no gloves. Um, that's kind of my big deal. Oh, and covering your ears. You got to cover yes. your ears. To your point, that's something that was so counterintuitive to me that was like life-changing was having a thin layer close that is like everything like i've got these kind of like legging things that are polyester that i just wear under um like last week i wore under some to your point like parachute rainproof pants and golden no mm-hmm. problems with being cold whatsoever like, i just it wasn't wasn't something i would have thought of but yeah. yes no cotton no cotton mm-hmm. cotton is not your friend in cold weather because uh, it will stay wet and do terrible things and yeah so non-organic stuff for sure um and yeah the mittens that was the first time this last week that was the first tournament that i did the mittens and i don't know if y'all have like 
a solution for this though because then I kind of ran into this weird opposite problem that it was making my hands sweaty. So take, I have found that if I take the, um, if I don't do a hand warmer sometimes and kind of alternate. Okay. And then also just having like you would in the summer, like maybe like a um, microfiber or even like a cotton bandana or something like that just to kind of. I guess if it wasn't raining, I probably could have used it. Well, that's it. Because, because when it's cold, this also sounds counterintuitive. And I think Liz yeah. knows this about me is I put on usually put on a lot of hand cream when it's cold because oh, okay. I find that your hands get so cold, like the discs will slip out right. of them mm-hmm. because your hands are so cold and dry. Yeah. So I tend to, but I won't do it like right before the tournament, right. but I'll right. do it like a f- couple hours before. I'll try to make sure to get right my hands on. like really well moisturized. Um, some winter pants that I've been wearing a lot are, uh, they're called bombshell pants and they're from wild country gear. Okay. Yeah. And those are my bright pink pants yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. always mm-hmm. rocking. They are pretty, I think they're pretty water repellent and then fleece lined. And then I've got some dude pants, yeah. the, the dude decks. You can put a base layer under those and they are designed for disc golf. So they are super flexible. Yeah. Um, there's like a front pocket that's big enough to stick your cell phone in. And a cool thing about those is that you can actually wear them in the summer too. Like I've worn them in tournaments where there was poison ivy and lots of stabby things. <laughs> and you could still even, yeah. you're, you don't feel as hot as you think you would wearing long black pants. Mm-hmm. But they breathe well and yet they keep you warm. You can be soaking wet. And it still kind of holds it out. So they're kind of magical pants, and they look really great with my dude rain jacket, Mm -hmm. which um, has the pockets on the side that are big enough to fit three discs in each pocket. And mine I got in a size large, so it's big enough to layer over my dude hoodie, which also Mm -hmm. has those pockets, and then whatever other layers I need underneath. So if it's raining... I wore it even when it was cold and it worked pretty well. Yeah. I should probably look at the exact brand because I forgot what it was, but I got like a relatively cheap wind resistant, but waterproof uh, jacket from Amazon that does that same like overlayer thing. So I had it over my hoodie last weekend. And again, that part didn't fail me at all. Like I stayed perfectly dry. Um, my hoodie did just fine. And oh my gosh, I'm so glad I bought those rain pants like two days before the event. <laughs> Where did you get them? Just Amazon. Like honestly, I got like the cheapest pair of rain pants that had a good review. Um, <laughs> and they worked awesome for me. One thing I would say too that I've learned is as far as covering your head goes, if you're going to wear a beanie, make sure it's a tight beanie. I made the mistake that the beanie I had was not tight. It was the only one I had on my head. And when I would go to putt, it would cover my eyes. That happened to me yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I was wearing one of my cute flower beanies right. that I made. And all of a sudden, every time I put. Yeah. So putting blind, not a great plan. I'm just yeah. going to throw that out there unless maybe that helps somebody. But it doesn't help me. Um, I'm, I'm more of a fan of the um, ear covers yep. over a baseball hat. It's yep. kind of my go-to because when I kind of get my brim, especially if it's sunny, you know, you still get your brim. I can't, I know we've talked about it already at length, but this tournament that we were in on Saturday, so you had snow on the ground that was melting as the rain was falling. So you had just these slushy, deep puddles that were sort of like non-avoidable. So, I mean, there was just, unless I had really worn my, my waterproof boots, they're just it wasn't going to happen. Stuff was going to fail. So 
I really love Merrell shoes. They are totally my jam. They're more minimalistic. Uh, they have like a variety of shoes, but I really like the minimalistic ones. And they're, you know, quote unquote, waterproof or water resistant, but not in those kind of conditions. Mm. And I had waterproof socks on for the first um, round, which did great for me in the rain in the past, but it was so much that they failed me. And I brought my backup pair of socks, which are wool wool socks. And I cannot say enough about wool socks. It's insane. They're the like, best. It was in, it, just incredible to me um, how well they worked. So definitely, I would say wool socks, great for winter, for rain, for, you know, anything I wear like them that. year round. Yeah. 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 You know, you were talking about shoes failing you. And, yeah. and I think Liz has seen me play in them a few times. Um, fisherman boots. As much as they're not like the greatest thing, they are really good if it's that sloshy and gross. Like I have played Mm -hmm. around in those and kept my feet entirely dry. And they're, you know, I mean, they, you know, they have enough grip to them that it's not too bad. Um, So those are, those are really good. But um, I actually have from um, uh, Academy Sports, uh, Magellan brand, they make Mm -hmm. a fold up rain jacket and Mm -hmm. a fold up pair of rain pants are 20 bucks a piece. If you get them on sale or 15 they're awesome. Right so while we're on the topic, though, it feels so far away right now. Let's talk about heat and yeah. playing when, when it's actually hot outside. Yeah. What is that? Because I have faith that it's going to happen again. Um, so I'm definitely for hot weather into more cotton, more stuff that's dry fit that has cotton in it. Um, it's just less smelly. It's cooler. That's that's the time of year that it's totally cool. You've probably noticed that um, when um, we joined uh, Team DZ Discs, mm-hmm. I had specifically told Will and Galen my favorite kind of hat, which yes. is the little military cap. Yeah. And God love them. They went out and they ordered embroidered caps for um, me and Becca and Kaylee as the first members of the team. I wear those all the time because they have a short bill that Mm. keeps the sun out of my eyes, but it doesn't give me that tunnel that gets in the way of my throwing. And they're so great for absorbing sweat. Yeah. I have some thoughts about heat. So I'm (laughs) (laughs) anti-chafing. I'm very anti-chafing. So I don't, recommend um like you know if it's hot enough your thighs are going to chafe so i find that trying to make sure that you have like cotton shorts on or Mm -hmm. or leggings even like short leggings or just something in the summer um i love my tennis skirts but i like them to have a little bit of a longer short on them if Mm -hmm. at all possible wearing a bag over your shoulders and Mm -hmm. a tank top during the summer can be can start to get really painful for me so I try to always have a short sleeve when I play um instead of a tank top unless I just know that I'm playing with my card or I'm just playing a one you know one round casual round whatever but if I'm playing an event where I want to be at like my best I want to keep my shoulders covered very good discussion so we're going to take a break and then we're going to be back with one of my favorite new segments it's coach nova's red hot tip top tips nova's going to be giving us some advice every other week in these discussion podcasts and i actually got to do a coaching session with nova over the off season it was super helpful i'm really excited to do more once the weather gets better so we'll be right back The Kansas City Disc Golf Divas are passionate about creating unforgettable disc golf experiences for women and girls of all ages. Join the Divas on May 11th for the 5th annual Diva Spring Fever held at Rosedale Park in Kansas City. This women's two-round event is part of the Heartland Women's Series and sure to be one of the highlights of your disc golf season. To register or to sponsor the event, visit igotthefeva.com. That's I got the F E 
www.ewva.com, where you can also keep updated on Women's League nights, upcoming Diva events, and volunteer opportunities. It's time for Coach Nova's Red Hot Tip Top Tips. Quick clips of gripping tips and surprising advising with no compromising. Coming to you bi-weekly on the Ladies of the Chain. Hey everybody, Coach Nova here. When you're playing, whether it's a casual round or in competition, watch every single one of your card mate's throws. I'll explain why. First off, it's in the rules. The official rules of disc golf, 812B2, says to watch the other members of the group throw in order to ensure rules compliance and to help find discs. Now, even if you're not a rulebook RoboCop, it is in your best interest to watch because their throws are rich with useful information. What is the wind doing to their throw? What kind of ground play did the disc have when it hit the ground? Did it skip? Did it hit the rocks and skitter? Did some Velcro clover stop it dead? You need to know before you throw. Is that low ceiling easier to get into than it appears? Is there an invisible sniper branch lurking out there waiting to get you? Is the OB area easier to bounce into than how it looks from the tee pad? All of this is important information, and if you factor it in when your turn comes, you'll be better off for it. Learning from your mistakes is tip-top, but learning from someone else's mistake is red-hot tip-top. Back to you, Becca. And we're back. So something we're also going to start doing is to highlight uh, upcoming all-women's tournaments and events. I'd also like to do some state spotlights on what women's disc golf is going on in different states. So please reach out to me if you'd like to be uh, mentioned in this segment or talk to me. Uh, that would be awesome. You can reach me at ladiesofthechains at gmail.com or reach out on social media. So Erin Oakley is running the Lansing Area Women's League that starts back up in its 15th year on March 18th, and you can find info about that at discgolfscene.com. Salt Lake City, the Ladies League, starts back up on March 12th, and you can find the SLC Tunnel Runners on Facebook. Chicks Chasing Chains Women's League in Houston starts back up on April 3rd. You can find them on Facebook as well. In Long Island, New York, there is now a ladies league, and it's the ladies of the LIDG League, mm -hmm. and you can find them, uh, look for them on uh, Facebook. They have a Facebook group. In Charlotte, Queen of the City Women's League starts back up on March 11th, and there's also a mixed dubs tournament, the Mixed Up in the Queen City, on May 19th. And we've got some tournaments coming up. Uh, the Off the Chain tournament in Ankeny, Iowa, is starting on April 27th. That's the first tournament of our Heartlands Women's Tour. <laughs> The second event will be the Diva Spring Fever here Ow! in Kansas City on May 11th. Uh, the Midwest Women's Tour starts May 4th, uh, and that's the Ladies Smashing It in Belding, Michigan. West Virginia's Wonderful Women's Open is also on May 11th. The Virginia Women's Disc Golf Series uh, starts with the Spotsies Finest on April 20th in Fredericksburg. 
The Queen of the Mountain Tournament is in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania on May 5th, and the w- Michigan Women's Series starts May 11th with the Enchanted Women, uh, sorry, the Enchanted Woods Open in Pleasant Mount Pleasant, Michigan on May 11th. So I will uh, create a spot on our website for all of these. Also, go to discgolfforwomen.com to find a bunch of information about women's tournaments and leagues as well. Could I give a shout out to for the Kansas City Wide Open, yeah. which is coming up, I believe, June 14th through yep. 16th. Um, it's gone through some um, iterations in recent years, and there hasn't been a women's am division for several years mm-hmm. um but there are some new organizers including my husband michael yeah. kruger and he is all about supporting ladies disc golf and the ams the plan is that on the friday which is the first day we will be playing on tea times out at wyandotte county park which is a new course yeah. for the wide open and for am ladies to play and he set it up so that the AM women are going to be the feature cards, which means oh, cool. we get to go out last. Nice. Instead of going early in the morning, um, and also, since that's a Friday, we don't have to take off a whole day of work. Sure. All right, now we reach the FPO recap of the last couple of weeks, and what a start to the season. We had two very, very exciting tournaments with the first Tournament of the National Tour, the Las Vegas Challenge, and the first tournament of the Disc Golf Pro Tour, the Memorial Championship. So we'll start with the Las Vegas Challenge, and this was such an exciting event. Lots and lots of things happened, um, probably more than we'll get to. But Paige Birkis was the winner in the end. If you haven't watched it yet, watch that last round. If not, all of the Joe Metz coverage and the uh, Terry Miller Disc Guy disc golf guy coverage uh page hit a giant putt in a playoff with katrina allen mm. to take the win and it was very very exciting really awesome golf uh steve hill went live on facebook for that last little bit and yeah it was really really exciting so cat ended up coming in second place uh after the playoff then vanessa van dyken had a great tournament great showing she took third uh-huh. and then jessica weiss i know we talked about her so much last mm-hmm. season and here it comes again i mean she has such a good forehand and backhand combination she's got this really unique annie putt that she's really good with um and i think there's no reason not to think she's going to have an amazing season uh, this year. Uh, she won the Wintertime Open with really, really high-rated rounds um, and just keeps showing up on lead cards. So I'm really excited to see what she does. Um, a couple cool things from there. Um, it was fun to see Sayananda yeah. on the chase card. I first heard of her in 2016 when she mm-hmm. won Am Worlds. Uh, along with uh, Kona Panis was second that year, and then Rebecca Hyam from Wisconsin was third. So yeah. I think that's why I was paying attention. And I think someone named Tina Stenitis yeah. and Lauren Butler may have been in the mix up there. No, sure. um, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's good to see her back out there. And by the way, today is her birthday, March happy 3rd. Birthday. So happy birthday, She is all of 23, and I'm like, holy smokes. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm old enough to be your mom. I'm old enough to be your mom. <laughs> Um, but another cool thing was that the first round leader for the Las yes. Vegas Challenge, I believe, was Sarah Hokum sure coming out to show that, mm-hmm. hey, she switched over to yep. MVP Axiom yep. and turns out she can throw those discs. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and it was unfortunate that that didn't continue through the whole thing, but yeah. I I still think it made a big statement yeah, that I she could switch. I saw and do that. Um, on the coverage, I think Madison mentioned that she'd only had like three rounds in wind with the new discs. Wow. And that's mm-hmm. tough because, as we all know, yeah. wind changes the game and you Absolutely. have to have those discs that you just know exactly what they're going to do. And I think that's <clears throat> probably for all of these players that have switched companies where it's going to show up the most is mm-hmm. dealing with wind conditions because it, it just takes time and experience to learn your discs. Fast forward to this weekend, we had the Memorial Championship, uh, first stop of the Disc Golf Pro Tour, and the women's feature card and uh, lead cards were live from Thursday through Sunday. So I got in this really cool ritual because I work afternoons and evenings of someone in the U-Disc chat talked about eggs and potatoes so I made myself some eggs and hash browns every morning got my coffee and watched a live FPO coverage it was quite the thing it was really neat um didn't really get to watch it that first day because there were some issues but then uh, the following three days I got to catch pretty much the entire rounds uh with Nate and Val that just made my heart happy Mm because Nate and Val are just the best that's all they're real sweet they're just the best really sweet so good uh, so Evelina Salonen, man, another Ooh. person we talked about so much last season, and she just crushed it. She was super consistent, and then when it mattered the most, came through on that final round, shooting an 8-under, 10-15 rated round. Mm. Just amazing. Uh, this morning, there were over 4,500 viewers at, at the peak of Watchers, which was really cool. I was so happy they got to see her, because um, she's been she's been on my radar for a while. She came to this event a couple years ago. Uh, she played the Las Vegas Challenge to a couple years ago and and did okay, but didn't do you know amazing. But she has grown so much, and she and uh, Henna Bloomroos also out in Finland, you know, last season just went back and forth with wins and who was higher in the ra- with their rating, and and they're just they're going to be really fun to watch. And I'm really excited because Innova did an interview with her after the tournament, and sounds like she might come back for Worlds, so that would be cool, very cool. Yeah, a cool a cool thing to see towards the end was um, Evelina and Paige yeah, walking along right. together, and definitely um, they they kind of filled us in that Paige was talking to her about how much it had helped her growing up in Texas to be playing with Des Redding. Right. Yeah. Well, and that mental composure, you know, to be in an entirely different country, mm-hmm. neck and neck with the you know greatest women's player that we have playing right now and um yeah it was really cool to see Paige just be a class class act there down on the 18th hole too um really really good stuff good camaraderie the whole time I really liked getting to see that on the live coverage like getting to see when Nate and Val would uh step back and let us just hear um what was going on there sometimes it was nice to hear the women interacting uh it's cool. I, I agree. Um, really, it, it does make a difference if you're at a competition. It's what happens in between the edits yeah. to see how the women carry themselves. That really made a big difference for me. I think it was in 2016 when mm-hmm. I got to caddy for Des Redding yeah. at the Wide Open. And we were on cards with Val Jenkins right. and Paige Pierce and just watching how they handled themselves and... The, just the composure and the, the fun stuff, too. Absolutely. Paige Pierce, uh, Hanan for second. Uh, again, Jessica Weiss was uh, third place all by herself, sole third place. And she had a great tournament. Like, 
Jessica Weiss can throw so far with the forehand um, and just had some really, really great shots. So that was neat to see. And then uh, fourth place, Kat and Becca Cox uh, tied. And I wanted to just throw out a, other, a few uh, honorable mentions of up-and-coming players that made the cut that I'm really excited about and I think everyone should have on their radar. Uh, Haley King was at the Memorial, which is awesome. She made the cut. She is 17. She is going to do awesome things. Um, I heard on one of the other podcasts that she's doing online high school and she signed up for a bunch of tournaments, so we should get to see a whole bunch more of her. A couple other names new to the tour. Uh, Callie McMorrin made the cut and she has been playing very, very well. I'm excited to see what she's going to do. I believe she's pretty much full-time touring this season. Uh, She's out of Tennessee, I think. And then uh, Missy Gannon. Oh, yeah. So excited to see her. This wasn't the first time I've, I've seen her on coverage. So she's been on lead cards before. Um, but really excited to see her do well. She had a rough last round, but overall did really awesome. So I'm hoping to talk to all of them really soon. Someone who didn't make the cut, but I'm really excited to see is Nicole Johnson. Um, she was mentioned in Steve Hill's Nine to Watch in 2019. I believe she's like 31 and hitting the road for the first time, which always makes me super happy and super inspired as I also you know, came back to disc golf in my 30s um, to see people going up after it is really cool. Ladies, we have made it to the end of it. episode one of <laughs> season really two. Thank you both so much. Any shout outs, Crispian? My shout out today will be to the Kansas City Disc Golf Divas and to you for doing all that you do. Well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. What about you, Liz? Um, I'm going to give a shout out to my husband, yes. Michael Kruger, um, who's been so supportive. And then after that horrible day mm-hmm. that we had last Saturday, um, I accidentally didn't lock the car and we, his car got robbed and they took his cart mm-hmm. and all his discs he's been throwing for years and $300 of league money, um, at least $130 of which was earmarked to donate to the Divas tournament. And when he discovered that, he came inside and the first thing he asked was, did you bring your bag in last night? Mm-hmm. Because his first concern was that my discs were all gone, that I had lost my discs, which I think is very sweet. But the next thing he did is after all these people had reached out and said, oh my God, is there anything we can do? Oh, you're welcome to any of my discs. Well, we have lots of discs. It's just, they're not the beaten discs that he knows. But the thing that he really cared about is that that money had been lost. So he set up a fundraiser on Facebook and so far, I think three hundred fifty dollars mm-hmm. has been donated just from the community to support the divas. Yeah, and so thank you to everyone Woo! who donated. Thank you, Becca, for for having us back and for doing this. It's awesome. Wahoo! Thank you. Woo-hoo! And I want to second that MK shout out to like it was so nice having him walk with us He's in that terrible do. weather tournament. Like it just really helped morale. It definitely helped me feel stronger. Um, and he did find the one disc that I lost underneath the snow. So that oh, that's was right. Awesome. <laughs> I thought about that, the, the insanity. Yeah. MK's good Actually, at getting that was a Tesla, lost but he still back. found it. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. But it would just, it would just, you know, having an extra person there to just help pull us along was so helpful. So yeah, thank you, MK. Thank you for listening to the Ladies of the Chains podcast. Thank you to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. You can use the code guitar at checkout for a discount. And Liz, what's your code? It is 
Team LBB. Yeah, so either one of those will get you a discount. If you like the podcast, if you would be so kind to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you are listening, that helps other people find us. We love hearing from listeners. Reach out to me and to us on social media or ladiesofthechains at gmail.com. Check your feed next Monday when we'll have a feature interview. Thanks for listening. Go play some disc golf and we'll catch you here next time on the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. <laughs>